came up that showtime stay true that showtime no help that showtime showtime for real cd lamb scored a touchdown in 88 see him on my roster gotta masturbate raheem most on my team made me want to quit but that was years later on some crazy shit y'all heard our new shit and y'all loved it saquon barkley homie don't play that shit he gets paid a lot but you get played a bit and my latest shit is like a great assist gosh damn do 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 welcome in to the blind squirrels showtime fantasy podcast this is your host trayton benz live from rogers arkansas and i'd like to welcome in my co-host recent caesar's entertainment retiree (laughs) ty how you doing (laughs) wait uh are you want to know because i want to know Oh yeah, I think I want to know. We, wait, who's what? What podcast has a bunch of want to know people on it? Okay, not I, not the yeah. not the waste Whoops. of time pod. Whoops, whoops, want to know both of us. We're the best. Go Langston's. Um. Anyways, thank you for having me, Trey. Welcome in, brother. Um, it was a very exciting kickoff week to the 2021 Blind Squirrels fantasy season. A uh, couple matchups were blowouts, but we had one come right down to the wire on Monday Night Football. We're going to get into all the matchups from last week, and we're going to take a look at some of the uh, waivers and trades that happened, and then we're also going to take a preview into week two. Um, it's always nice yeah. to start out 1-0 and because, you know, you do all your draft prep and you set your lineups, but until the games kick off, you never really know how your players are going to perform. Um, it's just nice to see that one in the W column early in the season. Yeah. And it was just so nice. I know you're out in Arizona, but it was so fun to get together with the squad again over at, uh, Wayne Manor and watch red zone together and all the holies. And yeah. Can you give a quick, uh, uh, recap for those of us that weren't able to attend? Well, it was pretty much like always, we sat around (laughs) and watched red zone and said, Holy, um, but yeah, just yeah. a ton of fun getting to have NFL and fantasy football back. And like you said, week one's just so interesting because you either start one and oh or oh and one and the world's either falling apart or you're on top of the world. So uh it'll be interesting to look back and see what happened. And speaking of looking back to see what happened, we're gonna start off our week one review with the highest scoring team of the week. Congratulations to Cannon. Feel the breeze, Kern. His team went absolute bananas in week one, posting 161.08 against Andrew. The stack came to play in week one. Patrick Mahomes and Tyree Kill combined for over 70 points just from two players alone. Tyler Lockett, recently acquired in a trade uh, with Cole, which we'll get into later, also put up a huge number with 24, only on four catches, but when you catch two long touchdowns, Uh, in your four catches, you're going to get put up some fantasy points. His running backs were just kind of meh. Jonathan Taylor and Miles Sanders both scored about 15 points, but that's pretty much all you need when the rest of your lineup is going off. George Kittle actually had a relatively pedestrian day for him, only four receptions, uh, but he did get to 78 yards. And then Chase Claypool flex a little disappointing, but um, Cannon's team definitely exploded this week. And my uh, champion prediction is looking good so far through week one. Uh, taking a quick peek over at Andrew's roster, he did he, he did not reach the 100-point mark, which I think we're going to see this year with all the offense 
being scored in the NFL. If you don't score a hundred fantasy points, you're going to, it's a tough ass to win that week. So uh, for Andrew, he has Ryan Tannehill partially to blame, but really Saquon Barkley, only 3.2 points from your first round pick. I mean, that's just not enough there from Bustery Barkley. Uh, maybe he was just getting eased back in uh, after the injury in the off season and they'll ramp it up next week, but you can't have that from Saquon. Mike Evans also was kind of the odd man out in that Buccaneers offense, only putting up 24 yards while Antonio Brown and Godwin kind of went off and so did Gronk. So we'll see if that's a trend that continues. I don't, think it will be that bad every week but Mike Evans is kind of a touchdown or bust receiver at this point in his career um Hawkinson was definitely the bright spot for Andrew's team 21.7 points out of the tight end position is definitely a weekly advantage if he can continue to get that kind of production and then Montgomery uh continued his hot streak uh at the end of last season in week one putting up 108 rushing yards in Los Angeles against the Rams defense that didn't give up hundred yards to a single rusher at any point last season. So Montgomery and Hawkinson looking good. The rest of his lineup needs to sort itself out. Uh, only got 10 combined from kicker and defense. That's not great. And then there weren't a whole lot of choose poorlies in this one. Um, I guess you could say Trevor Lawrence, but no one was starting Trevor Lawrence in week one and he got most of his production in garbage time. All in all, really good start for Cannon, and we'll see if Andrew can bounce back in week two. Yeah, not the best week for Andrew's team. But honestly, if you're going to choose a week to have a poor week, you might as well be playing someone who scores 161 so you can say you had no chance. Yeah. Um, do you want to break down the second highest scoring total of the week and look at the blowout that was our old rivals between Max and Josh for us? Yeah, so Team Hendersey put up 151.9 versus Josh, who put up just 100. Um, taking a look at this matchup, Russell Wilson had a really efficient day with 254 passing yards and four touchdowns, 35 fantasy points for Max. Old faithful Russ uh, with a double whammy against Josh's Colts. And then we had Nick Chubb go for two touchdowns and 21 points against the Chiefs. Uh, Najee got off to a tough start to his rookie year, but he did get 100% snap share, so look for him to bounce back. Uh, Amari Cooper just went off on Thursday night football in the opening game of the season, 13 receptions, 139 yards, and two touchdowns. And then uh, at flex, Max had – uh, Thielen with nine receptions for 92 yards and two touchdowns and 25 fantasy points. So really all over Max's team. He just had stud performances. Uh, of course, Eric Ebron only 2.4 at tight end and has since been dropped. Um, but sorry, spoiler <laughs> alert for the waivers segment. Um, and then looking at. Huh? Hello. Sorry, sorry. Um, Jesus Christ, stop sucking Jaden's toes and do the podcast. Sorry. And now looking at Josh's team, uh, Justin Herbert was a pretty big disappointment with a late touchdown just to get him to 15 points. Antonio Gibson fumbled and barely got to double digits. Uh, Dalvin Cook was okay, 17 for him. Uh, and then Metcalf and Higgins both scored, but uh, relatively low yardage, both sitting around 14 points. Josh Jacobs, two touchdowns, 
on Monday Night Football, but it was all over by that point. And Kyle Pitts with a disappointing rookie debut with only 5.1 fantasy points. Um, not a horrible week for Josh at 100 points, just really did not get the production from Antonio Gibson, Justin Herbert, and Kyle Pitts that he was looking for. And Max was going to blow him out no matter what with the performances he got. Yeah, and uh, of note as far as bench scoring in this one, Melvin Gordon, I, I know it was mostly off of one play, but Melvin Gordon did go for 19 fantasy points. Mike Williams came out and showed that he still got a little bit of juice with 18.2. Hollywood Brown with uh, a decent performance of 16 and then uh, 16.9 from Tyson Williams. So a lot of a lot of big bench performances for Josh. So he may have some tough decisions moving forward in the season. Um, looking over at our last non-podcast matchup here, we had Circle the Wagons versus the Matchup Night. This was the one that kind of uh, was the closest coming into Monday Night Football, I believe. I don't. Do you remember what the score was going into the Monday Night game? I think Luke was up. Like, I guess we can figure it out. Luke was, was up. 114.9 okay, to 124. Yeah. So Luke was up 10 with it, and all Cole had was the Baltimore D. And the Baltimore has a de- good defense. So, like, you know, you never know what could happen. Special teams touchdown, pick six, a bunch of sacks. They ended up getting with negative one. It, it wasn't that close in the end, but it was fun to watch, especially in the first half before the Raiders found their groove on offense because every sack brought Cole, like, within a point or two of Luke. And it was just fun to uh, live text that in the Blind Squirrels group. But looking at the matchup as a whole, Luke starting off in the win column. He, uh, who does he have to thank for that? We got Christian McCaffrey back in 2021 with 23.2 fantasy points without a touchdown. 23.2 points only on yards and catches. That is absolutely ridiculous. It's a cheat code, and it's a reason he went first overall in the draft. Um, looking at the rest of his lineup, his second best player of the week was Chris Godwin, who got him started off nicely on Thursday night with a hundred yards and a touchdown. If he's going to be the volume monster, he was on Thursday night, the rest of the season for Tom Brady, he's going to be well worth the draft price that Luke paid for, which I think was round five, maybe late round four. Um, I think it was at the four or five turn. Uh, but anyways, the rest of Luke's lineup, I mean, pretty pedestrian chase Edmonds, 12 digs, 11. That's actually a little bit disappointing for him in week one, Josh Allen, only 19. That, that, that could have been one of his worst games from 2020. So maybe it was just first game of the year, getting the groove of things, or maybe the Pittsburgh defense is really good, but hopefully Josh Allen for Luke will, uh, bounce back from 19 points. He, you want to see him top in 20 every week, Tyler Higby. 9.3 it's kind of whatever for a tight end and then Keenan Allen did get to 100 yards but didn't score 14 and a half is about what you're looking for from him uh defense kicker combined for 15 that's pretty standard looking over at Cole's lineup Matthew Stafford was a bright spot for him going for 30 fantasy points in his Rams debut dicing up that Chicago Bears secondary for 30 fantasy points 321 yards three touchdowns a couple of deep bombs to Van Jefferson and Cooper Cup Alvin Kamara is Alvin Kamara, 16.6, and that feels like the floor. They didn't really need him to do much against the garbage Packers. Sorry, Cannon and Jerry. Um, Joe Mixon got 23 fantasy points, a really good start for Joe Mixon. A lot of people had him as a bust coming into the year, but to see him get the amount of work he did and put up the production he did, uh, I know it was the Vikings defense, but it's really nice to see if you're a Mixon owner and 
uh, Kamara and Mixon should definitely continue to put up huge numbers for Cole moving forward. And this is where we get to the Ty's dumbass play of the week. Uh, Brandon Ayuk with a donut, donut, donut here. Zero points, zero yards, zero receptions. Was actually barely playing. He was fully healthy. Kyle Shanahan came out after the game and just basically said he got beat out by Trent Sherfield. Trent Sherfield. No one even knows who that is. Brandon Ayuk. That's a tough look for him, and I don't think he'll uh, touch Cole's starting roster until he shows something. Um, Allen Robinson, a disappointing day. So Cole, Cole really needs to figure out these receiver spots. So, uh, But Cooper Cup, I mean, Cooper Cup definitely looked good, and um, him and Stafford seem to have a good connection. So that stack could be the best part of Cole's team moving forward. Um, not a whole lot else to say about this one you could see Henderson crack the lineup moving forward for Cole but I don't know if he wants to really be starting three Rams so you could also see a trade coming soon in that in that uh not on that roster yeah when it comes down to it really Cole's receivers just let him down with Allen Robinson only getting 6.5 and then of course you talked about Dante Pettis I mean Brandon (laughs) Ayuk and then uh there it is worth noting that Corey Davis uh, was acquired by Cole through that trade for Tyler Lockett. We'll get into that, more of that later, but Corey Davis did have a monster day, 97 yards, two touchdowns, 24 fantasy points against the Panthers. So I could see Corey Davis uh, going more into Cole's rosters uh, moving forward. Um, would you like to and- get out my game? Yeah, so you got the win over Jerry, 110 to 82, and – Really, for you, it, it was kind of really played out by your Thursday night guys in the opening game. Uh, Dak yeah. Prescott looked Dak Prescott looked great in his return to football with over 400 yards passing and 33 fantasy points. Uh, going to C.D. Lamb, who got 20 fantasy points, even though he had a ton of drops and honestly didn't look that good, he still ended up getting 20 fantasy points. And then, of course, in that same game, we saw a bit of a resurgence from A.B. Antonio Brown with 21 fantasy points at your flex. Thank you, so, Will. Uh, good start there by you at the flex with A.B. And really those three players just got you off to such a good start that it didn't matter that Aaron Jones got three points, Raheem Mostert got hurt after two carries with two points, <laughs> and Mark Andrews got three points. So yeah, didn't even, didn't even matter. Um Looking over at – oh, uh, looking at your bench, you definitely could have found a way to get uh, Devontae Smith in your lineup. Had a pretty good day, but, I mean, you would have probably started him over A.B. You had a better day, so no point looking at that. Devontae Smith could be a good asset for you moving forward. Um, and then looking over at Jerry's team, uh, he kind of had a double whammy here with Aaron Rodgers uh, <laughs> having just one of the worst games of his career. I don't know if gotta be out there fantasy wise. One, I don't know if like he's just trying to grow out that hair and like not care anymore or what. (laughs) Trying to get back at the Packers for that off season and purposely throw horrible picks, but one point three fantasy points for Aaron Rodgers really just tanked Jerry. Um, Not to mention his first round pick, stud running back Derrick Henry, uh, gotten a negative game script and only put up nine points. And then other than that, he just kind of had lack performances from Chris Carson, Robert Woods, uh, I mean, Julio Jones, another Titan who let Jerry down. Pretty pretty concerning that they had such a positive throwing game script and Julio Jones still only got 29 yards. Um, 
I mean, really the only saving grace for Jerry's team was Travis Kelsey. Surprise, surprise with 76 yards and two touchdowns against the Browns. Cause uh, James Robinson, who a lot of people expected to look more like the last year's James Robinson, once the ETN injury happened, uh, did not do much for the Jaguars, only 6.9 points. So really a lot of concerns across Jerry's team uh, other than Kelsey after week one. And he definitely took it on the chin uh, from you this week. Yeah, definitely some things to note on Jerry's bench. However, as Debo Samuel with Ayuk not playing went completely bananas for 27.4 fantasy points. Jarvis Landry looked good as Odell continues to ride the bench. And then uh, Jamal Williams also had a great day with 20 fantasy points. So maybe some options he can consider moving forward there. But at the end of the day, I just did what uh, I was supposed to. I scored 110. I let Jerry draft a good team and completely shit the bed when the game starts. So we know that's what Jerry does, and he'll continue to kind of go up and down the whole season. Now flipping over to our last game of week one, let's close the book here by looking at the matchup between you and Will. You need to write Kyler Murray like a love note or something. You need to send him flowers, uh, Venmo him, whatever whatever you have to do to thank Kyler Murray, you owe him because 42 fantasy points this week for Kyler Murray. Um, he got a little bit of help from DeAndre Swift with the 20-burger, but and I guess Darren Waller went off on Monday Night Football uh, after you already pretty much had the game in hand, but – uh, you definitely got carried by three guys here, Waller, Swift, and Murray. Zeke with a pitiful performance on Thursday night, much to the Cowboys fans' chagrin with 4.9 fantasy points. Calvin Ridley only with seven. And then uh, even Justin Jefferson, the star of last year, only 10 fantasy points. So, And then uh, Jerry Judy snapped his ankle in the third quarter, but he was putting together a nice performance. Uh, he was already at double digits to that point and getting open and had six catches for 72 yards. So sucks to see that happen to Judy, but at least it didn't cost you the win this week as defense and kicker combined for a pretty healthy 19 points. And Will's team just did not get it done, especially at the running back position. Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Javante Williams only combined for 12 points. So if you're only getting 12 points from both of your running backs, you're not going to win in half PPR um, Lamar Jackson, only 20. That's not great. He only had one touchdown the entire game. And I think he had a couple of turnovers at least. Yeah. He had two fumbles. So never want to see that out of your quarterback, Devonte Adams, uh, Aaron Rodgers only had, we told you Aaron Rodgers only had one fantasy point. Devonte Adams only had eight. And that's, I mean, that's pretty good for how bad the Packers offense looked. Hopkins was kind of the lone bright spot here for will, uh, catching two of those Kyler Murray touchdowns that I told you about earlier. Dallas Goddard, you know, we thought Will would have a really bad tight end production this year, and he actually got started off pretty nice with a 12.2 week from Dallas Goddard. Terry McLaurin, kind of a meh 8.2 in the flex. Ryan Fitzpatrick left that game with a hip injury, um, so he had he was dealing with backup quarterback play. Um, and then his defense kicker actually combined for 21, so it's, you know, nice to see there, but it doesn't really matter if you don't get the win. Looking at the benches, Tom Brady went off, but, you know, I don't know if you're going to be starting him over Kyler Murray with the rushing upside and then everyone else was kind of a whatever. So looks like the most, for the most part, the optimal lineups were played and uh, will just got handily beat in this one. Um, congratulations on your one and zero start Trey uh, after winning three championships in a row. Uh, the Langston dominance continues in the blind squirrels fantasy league. Um, Thank you, Kyler Murray. 
with that, we are going to close the book on week one, and we are going to look at the waiver report. Um, today is Wednesday, by the way, so you know I, I know everyone woke up super early this morning and immediately went to their phones to check the fantasy app to see which players they had won from waivers uh, that were placed on Tuesday night. Um, let's see. All right, I'm pulling up the waiver report right now. Let's see. It looks like I got Damien. I added Damien Williams for zero dollars. I didn't have to drop anyone because I already dropped. Freaking. Wait, do you have the? Do you have the offers report, or do you just have? I'll, to pull, up I'll pull up. I'll pull up the offers report. Um, I have it pulled up. If you want. Oh, okay. I got it. Okay, so let's see. The highest bid of the week. This is honestly a really for for a week one. This is one of the lower bidding week ones I can remember in the history of fantasy football. I mean, twelve dollars was the most spent on any player. And week one is kind of the week that things happen that we didn't expect and players emerge. Kenneth Gainwell goes to you for $12. You dropped Alexander Madison. Um, do you want to kind of go through what you were thinking with that bid? I'm just not a Miles Sanders believer, and I kind of I kind of like the upside of Kenny Gainwell. So I'm going to add him to my bench, kind of see what happens for a couple weeks. Yeah. There was one other bid uh, from me, actually, <laughs> uh, for $0. <laughs> I, I kind of like you. I'm not a huge Sanders guy, but I wasn't about to – I wasn't going to put anything on him. If I didn't get him, I didn't really care. I mean, it's, it's going to be – I already have Devontae Smith, and it's going to be kind of a whatever crappy backfield for fantasy – uh cannon did drop five dollars on the washington defense just streaming defenses here as he lets the 49ers head to waivers uh you also no no other bids for the washington d you spent four dollars on tim patrick no other bids uh luke three dollars brown's defense no other bids you three dollars sterling shepherd no other bids and didn't get uh, him moron oh sorry unsuccessful Oh, okay. So you had picked him up later. Okay, I knew I knew you had him on your roster. I didn't. I didn't really realize. Yeah, what I, happened there. I dropped Tim Patrick for <laughs> oh, him. Okay, okay. So so you wait. You literally just threw four dollars of fab into the into the abyss. Um, <laughs> and then you also had a bid for Christian Kirk that was unsuccessful. How many freaking wide receivers did you put in a bid for? Well, okay. Honestly, I expected, <laughs> like you said, I it's week one. I expected a lot more bids to be on these players. So I was like, okay, I'm going to put four on Patrick, three on Shepard, zero on Kirk, and maybe I'll end up with one of them because I dropped the same player for all three guys, just assuming I would only get one because I assumed that people would be going after these guys on waivers. And I woke up this morning and saw there was like no bids. There's two possible explanations for this. Uh, number one is that people forgot, which is entirely possible with half of the people in our league not giving a shit. Um, but the other explanation is that the people on waivers this week just really weren't worth bidding for. And I think that is a serious possibility. I mean, looking like I didn't I didn't put a dollar on anyone. And you know me, I'm very active on waivers, always looking for value. I'm not afraid to throw fab on people. I didn't see anyone worth a dollar of fab, to be honest with you. So, yeah, I um, mean. Clearly, the, the talk of the fantasy community on waivers this week was Elijah Mitchell. Yeah, with his nineteen. I think if carry. I think I think if he had been available on our waivers, almost I would say there would have been seven or eight bids placed on him. Maybe, maybe, yeah, but, maybe the whole league, uh, probably not. Yeah, but Luke, Luke, honestly, props to him for seeing that news on Trey Sermon Sunday morning. Him. 
<laughs> scooping Mitchell up and just that's another reason I quit my job is because I didn't see that news because I was fucking working and I missed out on him. <laughs> um, well, just yeah. Anyways, one last waiver addition to go through. I added Rob Ronkowski uh, for zero dollars, and I don't even remember what bum I, oh, I I I let Michael Gallup go because he's gonna be <laughs> out for like four to six weeks. So that is your week one to week two waiver report and now it's time for everyone's favorite segment do 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 trade review all right everyone uh one trade in the league this week and it was between interesting trade partners uh cannon and cole wouldn't have necessarily no, i did not thought- see this coming. wasn't this like during a game too or something might have been during the Thursday game. I think um, it was because I remember, like, I remember the group text was very active, and then this happened, and it was almost like uh, overshadowed by something. Yeah. So, anyways, unlikely trade partners, Cannon and Cole. Um, I'm sure Cole texted Cannon about the trade, <laughs> and Cannon saw some random number texting him and was like, "What is this?" <laughs> um. Anyways, uh, so they swapped uh, receivers with. Cannon acquiring Tyler Lockett and Blosdell Beckham and Cole requiring Cooper Cup and Corey Davis. Um, yep. So, I mean, judging off of week one, Lockett and Cup both had really nice games. I mean, Lockett obviously with the two long touchdowns, but lower volume. Cup looked like he was going to be just a volume monster and high upside with Matthew Stafford. So, I mean, props to Cole. I know he had Cup as a my guy, and he gets him to pair with his quarterback and get that stack. And I think Corey Davis is quite a bit better than Odell Beckham, uh, things I didn't think I would say three years ago. (laughs) Um, So I want to say that Cole probably won this trade, even though I also really like Tyler Lockett uh, for Cannon. I don't really see Odell Beckham ever gracing his lineup other than maybe a bye week if he's desperate. Um, but obviously with Lockett's performance in week one, it's hard to say Cannon lost the trade. It's really just kind of a matter of preference here. So not much analysis to go into this one. All right. And that was trade review. Thank you, Trey. And now we are going to move into week two preview. The always pivotal week two. Are the one and zero teams going to move to two and zero? Are the zero and one teams going to fall to zero and two? And then, how many one and one teams will we have after week two? Let's go ahead and dive into these matchups here. Uh, but uh, first of all, I, I want to give you and me a, a nice pat on the back here because we know fantasy just so well. You and me, uh, obviously, we've won five last five of the last fantasy titles have gone into the Langston household, but we also correctly picked. Four out of five matchups last week, week one of the fantasy league. We went four and one. Both of us did in the fantasy pick 'em. I only missed Andrew and Cannon's game. I picked Andrew mostly as a joke because he was on the podcast. Uh, a bit of a pity vote there. And then you had Jerry. You foolishly had Jerry beating me. I don't know what you were thinking uh, with that one. But yep, we're both four and one, and we're gonna keep uh, we're gonna keep track of that throughout the season. So we're really gonna right. try here um, on some analysis. Let's yeah. Let's go ahead and start with your matchup against okay. Max. So a battle of two one and zero teams. That's right. Here, so not not much desperation. 
Um, looking over at Max's team, he's favored here by eight points. Uh, he's got a pretty studly lineup. Uh, there is seems to be one change in his lineup. Uh, looks like he has entered Juju oh, wow. Smith-Schuster. Oh, well, well, he's benching A.J. Brown because he's playing the Seahawks. Uh, okay, so you get, you get a little lucky here as Max is going <laughs> to continue to follow his rule. Got to give him props. He does not waver on his morals and benching A.J. Brown against the Seahawks, putting in Smith-Schuster against the Raiders, which is a pretty solid option at flex. Uh, like we said in the group text, he has dropped Eric Ebron, so look for his team Kim to go down, but he puts in Jared Cook, who was pretty involved last week. Uh, definitely could score after we saw what Rob Gronkowski did to the Cowboys as Dallas travels to Los Angeles to play the Chargers. Um, so kind of like those additions into his lineup. Uh, looking at some of his matchups, I don't see – oh, I, yeah, I don't see much difficulty here as Russell Wilson's playing the Titans, who – Kyler just carved up for 42 points. Nick Chubb against the hapless Texans at home. Najee against the Raiders at home. Really not not many tough matchups here for Max. <laughs> um, his team d- definitely could put up another big number. Uh, looking over at your team, um, Dak Prescott is at the Chargers. They have a pretty solid defense, but I, I see him having another good day. Aaron Jones, you really want him to get back on track this week against the Lions. The Lions might have one of the worst defenses of all time. They let up 41 points to the Niners in like three quarters, and they just lost Jeff Okuda to an Achilles injury. So on Monday night, you might need Aaron Jones to put up 25 or 30, but he he could do it against that Lions defense. Um so you, after the Mostert injury, you've got Devin Singletary <laughs> in at running back two uh, with the surprise inactive of Zach Moss last week. Singletary definitely looked like he had a solid hold on that backfield. You just don't really know what that backfield is worth. Um, you're just kind of hoping for a decent RB2 week out of him. Uh, at the receiver and flex spots, you have Deontay, CD, and Devontae Smith has reached your starting lineup, benching Antonio Brown. Um, the matchups here aren't really too tough across the board with Vegas, the Chargers, and San Francisco. I don't see any of those secondaries being just scary. Um, and then you want Mark Andrews to kind of get back on track against the Chiefs at home. So, I mean, overall, I, I kind of already like Max's team more than yours just from a building standpoint. I mean, he has Najee Harris as his RB2. And you have Devin Singletary. Plus, he has really good matchups this week. So, I'm going to have to go with Max here in a bit of a landslide, 126 to 100. Yeah, not going to lie. This is going to be a tough one. Uh, <laughs> Max's team is honestly really good. I mean, Chubb and Harris are probably two – it might be the best running back combination in the league as far as top two backs. And then he's got Russell Wilson and solid contributors across the board. Um, I'm going to pick myself just because – you don't pick against yourself, but uh, I am going to have to put up a lot of points in this one, I think. So I'm going to go with myself to squeak out a close one. Aaron Jones puts up a 40-burger on Monday Night Football, and I come storming back from a huge deficit. Um, let's look over at the Washington football team taking on the matchup night. Vegas, not Caesars. We don't go by Caesars lines anymore. Uh, fuck them. So uh, FanDuel has Jerry as an 8.6 favorite, 8.6 point favorite in this one. 
Um, Aaron Rodgers, like you said with Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers really needs a bounce back week and say pitiful Lions defense, pitiful Lions secondary. Derrick Henry, Chris Carson are playing each other. So that'll be that'll be fun. We'll see if the game script gets out of whack for one of them. I don't I, I see that game being a little back and forth, a little shootouty. So that could be good for Jeremiah if both running backs are still getting carries, still getting work, and still scoring touchdowns all throughout the game. Robert Woods had a little bit of disappointing week in week one with Cooper Cup and Van Jefferson scoring those long touchdowns. I don't think there's anything to read into there. I think it was just kind of one of those weeks. I could see him easily bouncing back for a big performance this week. Julio Jones, another player for Jerry in that Tennessee-Seattle matchup. He's going to need a bonanza in that one. And then Travis Kelsey, you know, the Baltimore defense is tough, so I could see Kelsey having one of his lower weeks, but it's still Travis Kelsey. He's still going to score over 15 half PPR points pretty easily. Uh, I see that he has stuck with James Robinson at flex, which is a curious decision after the lack of work he got last week. But looking over at his bench, I mean, maybe you could argue he throws in Debo Samuel after a huge week one, but maybe he wants to give Robinson one more chance, or maybe he hasn't touched his lineup since the games ended. Uh, either one you pick, we could see Debo crack the lineup. Um, looking over at Cole's side, Cole has uh, changed his lineup as he has those three Rams in the starting lineup, Matthew Stafford, Cooper cup and Daryl Henderson. They're taking on the Colts who did just give up a bunch of fantasy points to the Seahawks. So maybe playing three Rams won't come back to bite him. I'm not a huge favor of playing three players from the same NFL team, but if they all do well, then and the rest of his team holds it together, then uh, you can certainly win with that strategy. Like I said earlier in the review, Kamara and Mixon are a power duo, probably the second best running back duo behind Chubb and uh, Najee Harris for, for Max. They've got pretty, pretty easy matchups, but they're all, they are on the road with Kamara going to Carolina and Mixon taking on the Bears on Soldier Field. And then Noah Fant uh, is taking on the Jags. I could see Noah Fant having a huge week against the Jags. I'm actually going to go with Jerry in this one. I just – I if the Rams don't go off, Cole really doesn't have much of a chance. And I think Aaron Rodgers is going to come out and make a statement. So I'm going to go with Jerry in this one. I'm going uh, to take him by about six to seven points. So I like Cole to cover. But I'm taking Jerry. I'm also going to go with Jerry. I am assuming he's going to insert Debo Samuel. Like you said, I, I don't really see any reason to give James Robinson the start here. I hope he gets in Debo. And it kind of looks like he hasn't touched his lineup considering he still has the Dolphins defense <laughs> in against the Bills. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to think Jerry makes a couple tweaks here and definitely pulls it out. I agree. I think Rodgers gets out, back on track. I think Derrick Henry gets back on track. I think Julio Jones could get uh, have a nice game. So I, I see a bounce back week for Jerry and him taking it over Cole. Not huge, but I'm going to say 120 to 108. And then do you want to kind of run through Will and Josh real quick? And we can make our picks. Yep, yeah, I'll run through that one. So uh, looking at Josh's side, he's uh, I think both of these teams are Oh, and one. So a little desperate for a week two win here. <laughs> um, Josh, Justin Herbert going against Dallas. That's a pretty good matchup with the recent news that Demarcus Lawrence is missing this week with a foot injury. Um, so Justin Herbert is going to look for him to bounce back at home. Uh, Antonio Gibson's got the Thursday night game. 
hopefully he can break through against that Giants defense. Dalvin Cook, hoping him to get back to his 20-burger ways at Arizona. A lot of hoping here for Josh. Yes, a lot of hoping. Uh, Arizona looked pretty good on defense, so Dalvin Cook's going to have to do uh, something better than Derrick Henry did last week. And then he's inserted uh, T. Higgins into the lineup at wide receiver two. Uh, at Chicago, they their secondary looked a little suspect, so I like that play. And then he's hoping Kyle Pitts bounces back as well. And, yes, I know I said hoping again. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure why the defenses aren't showing for me. Um, I don't, I don't but, think they've picked one yet. Or a flex. Okay, so I guess – wait, that's weird. Oh, wait, um, no, it's oh. at the bottom or something. I don't know. Oh, it's because Josh like did that stupid thing where he like benches his players. Um, I think because <laughs> it's showing Will's starters, but yeah. not Josh's. Um, so Terry McLaurin for Will going back to the well there, and uh, Chicago defense and Harrison Butker. Um, taking a look at Will's team, yeah, Lamar Jackson home against the Chiefs looking to bounce back from that Raiders game, maybe get back to like a 30-burger. Man, Will's running backs are just so bad. I Clyde, I think Clyde is a bust, I like just an NFL bust. They, they like to use Daryl Williams in a lot of important situations on third downs and in the red zone, and they just – Clyde is not the focal point of their offense, so he looks like a bust. Javante Williams could have a decent game in garbage time against the Jacks, but he's still a backup. So, really, Will is just going to have to hope that Devontae puts up, like, 30 against the Lions, which he could. And Hopkins has another 20-burger against the Vikings, which he could. Um, so, this one's interesting for sure. I've been kind of fading Will's team, especially after Fitzpatrick's injury. I think McLaurin takes a hit. So, I, there's a lot of players I just don't like on Will's team. And even though Adams, Hopkins, and Lamar have good opportunity this week, I think Josh Josh has less risk across his lineup. So I'm going to go Josh in a pretty low-scoring game. I'm going to go 107 to 99, Josh. I'm also going to go with Josh. Uh, I'm I'm assuming he's going to play Josh Jacobs at flex. I could see him choosing poorly there, but he could also play Mike Williams against the Dallas second. He could pretty much put in anyone. I think he beat Will. I don't see Will topping 100 points here, so I'm going to take uh, I'm going to take Josh. All right, moving on to um, wait one one up? second. I I know that my advice on the pod led to Cole's demise last week, but <laughs> I want to advise Josh to put in Melvin Gordon. I just I just think that the Broncos are going to blow out the Jags, and so I think Gordon probably gets maybe 20 carries against that horrible defense. I mean, we just saw. Mark Ingram, Phil Lindsay, and David Johnson score. So play Melvin Gordon, Josh. All right. Now moving on to the other main event, 1-0 versus 1-0. Hot, big room, room 708, freshman roommate matchup here. Deputy Bacon's Chode versus Feel the Breeze. We got two stud quarterbacks facing off here with Trey and Cannons. Kyler Murray versus Patrick Mahomes. It's going to be a barn burn in this one. I can see both teams topping 120, 130 points. Uh, you've got Zeke and Swift. He's got Taylor and Sanders. I do like your matchups a little bit better there. The Chargers and the Packers defenses. 
um, at least up front, are a little bit softer than the Rams and the 49ers. Uh, now, I also like your running backs better. Uh, so I'm going to give you the edge at running back. Obviously, you have to give Cannon a little bit of the edge at quarterback because he's got Patrick Mahomes. He's also got the stack. So Tyree Kill, really, it's going to, you know, you're going to be sweating it on Sunday night football. The stack could go for for anywhere from 20 points to 80. So you just got to kind of cross your fingers and hope they don't go for one of those 75 yard touchdowns. And then it, Tyler Lockett could always catch a deep one too. So a lot of boomer bust here with Cannon's team, but I think his guys are going to boom a little bit more than bust. He's got, he's, he's inserted Damian Harris into the lineup, benching Chase Claypool after the abysmal week one performance. I do like that move. Damian Harris is taking on the Jets, who have a horrible defense, horrible team. Patriots should be winning in that one and should be running the ball quite a bit. Only thing you have to worry about there is Harris did fumble the game away last week, so maybe Bill Belichick punishes him a little bit but gives a few more carries to Ramon J. Stevenson, a few more carries to James White. We'll see how he handles that. I don't think he'll go to the doghouse just yet, but if he fumbles on the first drive or something, catastrophe like that happens, you could see Harris lose a little bit more work. Um, it's a bit of a star-studded tight end matchup here with Waller versus Kittle. Kind of those, both of those guys were going in round two, round three. There's a big debate in the fantasy world about which one you were taking ahead. I think I settled on Waller. A lot of people did too. So I'll, I'll take Waller in that one. I'll give you the edge there. But I really do have to give uh, Cannon the edge at flex uh, with Damian Harris. Uh, Sterling Shepard, right fresh hot off waivers going into your lineup uh, <laughs> on Thursday night football at Washington. They do have a good defense, and his quarterback is Daniel Jones. Not really sure what you're thinking there. Could be a prediction for dumbass play of the week in week two. Um, and then uh, we got the defenses here. Oh, uh, speaking of the Washington D, Cannon is starting them against Sterling Shepard, so it could be a double whammy if Shepard catches a deep one on Cannon's defense. And then, oh, another double whammy here is you're starting the Patriots defense. Um, I don't know why that's a double whammy. I don't know why I said that. But, uh, <laughs> but the Patriots defense have a good matchup at home, or uh, it is on the road, but they're playing Zach Wilson. And Zach Wilson showed last week he is not ready for the NFL. Kickers don't really matter, but it's Matt Gay versus Justin Tucker. I am going with Captain Colonel. The stack rises up. Sunday Night Football goes for 70 points again. George Kittle outperforms Darren Waller, and he wins a barn burner 141 to 138. I'm going with Captain Colonel, baby. I do agree that Cannon is going to take the lead on Sunday night with Mahomes and Hill. <laughs> and then DeAndre Swift, the double whammy against the Packers on Monday night, is going to go for 20, and I'm going to win by 10. <laughs> Trayton Benz takes the win. All right. And then uh, would you like to break down our last matchup of week two between Luke and Andrew? Yes, I can do that. Um, taking a look at Luke's team. Uh, of course, he has his own stack with Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. They did not perform well last week, but looking to get back on track in Miami. And I think that they will. I predict Josh Allen to uh, throw or at least score three touchdowns and at least one goes to Diggs. Uh, uh, Christian McCaffrey locked and loaded 20 burger Elijah Mitchell fresh off of the waiver wire into Luke's lineup uh, against the Philadelphia Eagles bag of a chips hits the bench here <laughs> bag of chips on the bench I think Elijah Mitchell will have a pretty good game uh, Keenan Allen just does what he does he just needs him to score Tyler Higby looked pretty good last week uh, in the lineup at tight end and then going to Chris Godwin again Luke's lineup is looking pretty stacked this week um, looking over at Andrew's lineup, 
he is hoping that Ryan Tannehill gets back on track at Seattle. They have a pretty bummy secondary, so maybe Tannehill uh, can find Julio Jones and A.J. Brown and get up to 25-ish points. Uh, Austin Eckler with interesting zero catches last week, so hopefully uh, Andrew and Now he's going to be covered up. by Micah Parsons, so he, he may even get negative catches this week. Oh, yeah. Look out for that. Um, <laughs> no, Eckler should have a pretty good game against Dallas. Uh, Montgomery against Bengals, that's a pretty good matchup. Evans against Atlanta. Hopefully he bounces back for Andrew and catches a touchdown. That's what he's known for. And I, I think Mike Evans will catch a touchdown this week, if not two. DJ Moore oh, wow. against New Orleans. I believe Marshawn Lattimore is out for the Saints. So yes, I think DJ Moore. I think DJ Moore is going to have a really good game for Andrew. And then TJ Hawkinson uh, might just destroy the Packers on Monday night because they're going to be chasing points. And TJ Hawkinson is going to get a ton of targets. And then Cortland Sutton, interestingly, enters Andrew's lineup as he has benched Bustery I, Barkley. I'll, I cannot believe he benched Saquon. I can't believe I it. can because he sucks. <laughs> he did nothing last week. And he's going against the Redskins. Andrew, I love there is that no Redskins. move. Props to you, Andrew. I love that move. Um, so, Corlin Sutton, hoping he kind of feels you hear the that, Jerry Andrew. Duty. Trey loves it, so you must reverse it right now. I, I like the play of Sutton with Judy uh, out for the Broncos. He definitely could consider playing Miles Gaskin, but – other than that, uh, I mean, Andrew's team is a little weak. Of course, he's missing a huge hole in his lineup with that first-round pick of Saquon Barkley. I don't think his matchups are as good as Luke's, but I think this is going to be a high-scoring affair across the board. I'm going to take Luke in a bit of a shootout, 140 to 127. Yeah, I just yeah. I just don't know what to expect from some of Andrew's players. I don't know what to expect from Mike Evans on a week-in and week-out basis. I really have no idea what to expect from Cortland Sutton coming off of that injury and with Judy out. You know, Hamler could lead them in targets. Tim Patrick could catch two touchdowns. The Broncos receiving core just seems like a mixed bag right now, and I don't know what you hang your hat on there. If I was Andrew, I would keep Saquon in. I know he didn't look great, and I know the Washington defense is good, but at the end of the day, you drafted him in the first – round you expect him to be your stud he's gonna get the volume you just have to hope he continues to progress from the injury gets more work catches the football and just volumes his way to decent production um and i don't think andrew is going to win a game until he trades me miles gaskin at the end of the day uh that, that, that's my prediction andrew you are you are cursed by the showtime fantasy pod you will not win a game until you've traded miles gaskin to me so <laughs> sorry andrew i'm going with luke in this one lucas rapert starts out two and oh and then me cannon and luke will be in the two and oh club let's go baby fantasy week two here we come here we go uh for those of you that will be watching live at spruce street have fun uh for those of you that will be remote be safe also have fun i'm i'm not going to be watching this one from an ipad standing outside in the 105 degree phoenix heat no sir not this week i will be posted up at a sports bar by my fucking self eating some barbecue, honey barbecue wings and three things of blue cheese. So I'm, I'm ready to finally take in my first week in NFL football. Thank you all for listening for this fourth edition of the Showtime Fantasy Podcast. Next week, we will be back, same time, bringing you your week two review and week three preview. I want to thank our sponsors, FanDuel, uh, Refreshy Signature Select, Purified Drinking Water, Powerade, and uh, as always, thank you for listening.
Have a good one. Do, 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 do. do.